0: To the world of digital sound oh, good morning people and welcome to this week's podcast story now uh this week's podcast story is titled the bombing and uh quite a funny one really um but i'll, I'll leave you to have a little bit of a go at it so just uh, a brief you know what's been going on this week well uh, a couple of things, really. We we opened the shop last week and uh, a lot of people have been saying to us, you know, I want to buy a T-shirt. I want to buy a T-shirt. Okay. So we've kind of got into bed with a company who's producing these T-shirts for us. And uh, they're actually very good. I mean, mine uh, mine arrived Wednesday and uh, quality is excellent. Really cannot fault the quality. Prices are not bad either. I mean, you expect to pay like 15, 20 bucks for a t-shirt. These are sort of 12, 12 and a half. That's pretty good value really. And we've put a couple of designs on them. The Oofy Bugger designs. Uh, there's one or two of the designs. There's the campaign design. So um, please, please feel free to zip across to the website and have a look and uh, see if you find one you like. And if you do, order it, by all means order it. And, you know, that's uh, that's it really. You can even, if you wish, buy a pair of my pants. They're not used, they are brand new, uh, but you can buy a pair of my pants with the word balls on them. Yes, you can. Okay, so what's going on in the gaming world this week? I hear you ask. What's going on in the gaming world this week? Um, well, not a lot really. It's been really, really quiet, I thought. And I get, you know, going online, there's a lot of people on there playing COD 4. Um, no major kind of shakes over the DLC. I haven't um, haven't seen many tweets. I haven't got very many messages from people going, oh, come online, come online, play the DLC, play the DLC. So I don't, I don't think the buzz around the DLC is that, you know, yeah. I've played it, um, I've got it. I uploaded a video to Respawn about it yesterday and I explained my thoughts on it. The DLC, the maps, um, quite like the maps actually. I think it's, uh, it's a, a really nice job they've made the maps. But, uh, you know, the game is, uh, it's not an easy game for me to play and uh, I get more hit markers than I do anything else. And therefore, unless you can aim like a pro, you are pretty much screwed. And that's my opinion. That's going to be my opinion unless something fundamental fundamentally changes about the game. Um, now, I know that's not a great, great view. Not everybody wants to hear that. It's been a little bit controversial, but I just don't think for the everyday gamer like me, or the average gamer, it's it's uh, an everyday game i think uh it's one of these you know pro games now so hey but that that's you know i think that's by design to be honest i think that's by design because they want some longevity in the in the mlg track for it uh so there you go what else has been going on in the gaming world well um, fuck all, really. I mean, in real terms, absolutely fuck all. Minecraft came out with yet another fucking update. And the only thing I can see that they've changed is the allowance of pistons. Oh, for fuck's sake, you know? And we, Do I really have to go back and install all of my mods again and blah, 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 because of the fact that they wanted pistons. Wow. Whoop-dee-fucking-do. To be honest, I'm getting a little bit pissed at Minecraft and these updates, but fortunately, now, um, there are other people out there that are going out, installing all the updates, and then making their .dot .minecraft folder available for other people to just pick up on and play. Um, and, you know, that, that it's great of those people to do that. I mean, I certainly take advantage of that, because I don't need to go through all the pain of having to mess around with it uh we've still got this whole thing going with the server we've we haven't got a date yet as to when we are going live with the new server gonna push for that this week uh because i desperately want to get out of multiplayer and get away from them and their bloody Clan Forge system and move into something more reliable you know a little bit more robust and something that doesn't reboot my server every 10 minutes um you know <laughs> or something that can handle if it says i can handle 35 players it can actually handle 35 players and not 25. So anyway, so I want to get away from that. I want to do something a little bit different with that. And I want to get some more people in. And I want to open the server up again. And, you know, I want, I want, I want. But God, these guys don't make it easy. They really don't make it very easy for you. Oh, dear. Right. Okay. And just the last word, I think, on the audio blogs. Guys, the audio blogs don't happen on a, a weekend. Okay? It's only it's only Monday to Friday. It doesn't happen on a Saturday or Sunday. And uh, incidentally, we've got the Formula One racing this weekend. Yeah, baby. Uh, so I'm going to be doing some of that. So gaming um a little bit of a dead space issue at the moment uh there's nothing else going on we've got some racing there are big scandals in the uk on the news uh what's new there the the paparazzo have been paparazzoed (laughs) oh dear sick and uh the best thing on television are repeats of top gear so (laughs) there you go oh my god oh dear anyway uh i do hope you enjoy this particular um, podcast story. This one is called The Bombing. I will just say to you that this may or may not have happened. It is up to you, the listener or the viewer, to decide whether or not you think any, all or none of this is true and then put those in the comments, in the comment section on the YouTube version of this uh, podcast, which will go up On YouTube, Sunday night it goes up on the website on a Friday, goes up on YouTube on a Sunday. You can play it directly from the website, or you can um, you can quite happily just hang on until it goes up on the toolbar and iTunes, eventually iTunes and the iPhone app and all the other places. But it doesn't. It won't get distributed on all those places until Sunday. Okay, well, I I do hope you enjoy this one. This one is called The Bombing, and uh, as ever, guys, I will see you on the dark side. Here we go. Hey, guys. Okay, so uh, let's crack on with this week's podcast story, and this is one that uh, has been on the back burner for a little while. I'm not entirely sure I should have been talking about it in the first place, but I guess, you know, a long time's passed, and, uh, well, Where do we start with this one i guess i guess we go back to very early in my um youth as a i wouldn't say a crook i keep saying uh, i don't know how to describe what i was in those days i guess on the fringes i guess is what you would say i was on the fringes of um What was a pretty exciting, pretty rough town to be in, Coventry in those days. But you know, those of you who have heard these podcast stories will will know that um, you know I've I've had a uh, life of uh, discernible choices, (laughs) really, (laughs) to put it mildly. But anyway, so I was involved in shit that I shouldn't have been involved in. And those who do follow the podcast stories will know uh, of when I talk about the family, they'll know who I mean. Uh, a family that pretty much ran things in Coventry in those days, certainly ran uh, the particular area that I grew up in. And, um, you know, it was it wasn't kind of it wasn't the Cray twins. It, it wasn't, you know, although a lot of that sort of shit went down, you know, but uh I don't think anybody had their their mouth opened with a sword or anything, but you know, if you did wrong, you knew about it, or if you were doing something, okay, you had to clear it with these guys before you did anything. Anyway, going back to a time when, I guess I was about 15, 16, must have been around about there. I guess in that case, I was either just about to leave school or I had just left school. But anyway, um, we're going back to a time when Coventry City Centre was a complete and total shithole and basically I mean it was it was just a oh god it was just a, a terrible sort of 60s designed or 50s designed crap hole of you know nothing particularly great I mean right down the centre of Coventry City Centre right right down the middle of the the big shopping street uh, was a fountain that stretched Completely across the middle of the walkway, <laughs> so you had to kind of find your way around the sides of this thing, and they they just blocked the pedestrian way really, <laughs> so they could put in a ridiculously huge fountain, and it, it just didn't strike me as being very good. And then, of course, right down the bottom there was a crossroads, and you had Woolworths on the side of it, if I remember correctly, and you know uh, there was a round calf as well in those days. Uh, the round calf, everyone used to go at the round calf. It was kind of you know you you'd go down a little thing and there was almost like you see these water towers where they got like a tower and then there's a, a water thing, another uh, cylinder on the top of it. It was like that, only the cylinder was the cafe. Anyway, um, that's how Coventry was in in those days. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a particularly great place. I mean, there weren't any great big supermarkets then. I think the only supermarket in Coventry in those days was the Sainsbury's, which was uh, right down towards the swimming pool, towards the bus station. Anyway, um, but that was the only one. So everyone did their shopping in town and town was a very busy place. Well, uh, there was a number of shops that were quite obscure in those days, and uh, shops that were a little bit different that you wouldn't really pay a lot of attention to. And one of these shops was a fur shop. Yeah, seriously, they sold furs. And um, everybody knew that this shop was owned by a friend of, the wife of, you know, somebody very well connected so you know nobody really paid a lot of attention to it i know a lot of the a lot of the women went there and you know saturday afternoons they were all in the fur shop trying on furs and stuff and uh i mean they were still bloody expensive in those days remember like i mean we are oh christ we're talking of an era here where um you know it was not uncommon to see all the movie stars wandering around with furs on and you know it hadn't fur fur being a a no-go area hadn't really kicked off with the populace if you like it was still seen as a massive status symbol if you were wearing a mink and you know even in those days the minks were ridiculous amounts of money but there were quite a few shops like that in coventry like um quite a few shops that you know you'd you'd walk past and there was some designer dress on there and it would be like 500 quid and you think jesus christ i could buy a car for that and you know that's how it was though you know no, most people in commentary their cars weren't worth 500 quid but anyway that's the sort of thing that uh was going on in the city center well let me tell you about this one particular uh, weekend and uh, I, you know I tried to look this up on Google I can't find anything about this on Google and that amazes me because it was a massive event at the time uh, the the only thing if you look at any of Coventry's history and you know you look at any information on, on uh, explosions and stuff and all you get is the war and the blitz and of course you do you know it was a most significant event of the war you know in in certain respects but um, it there was nothing about this, and that really does surprise me. But anyway, um, this particular day, I think on the Friday, we had been at a party, and uh, there were quite a few faces at this party. But one or two, um, one or two guys that you really you would want to give some respect to, if you know what I mean. And we were there just, you know, in a corner. We knew somebody who knew somebody who was roughly our age. I think it was only about six or seven of us our age at the party, sort of 15, 16, 17 year olds. And the rest of them were all kind of in their 20s. They were all players, Um, a lot of businessmen there. The Ookie car dealers from uh, Coventry were in there and there were a lot of Ookie car dealers in Coventry at the time and uh, other businessmen and you know, all the guys with their big cigars and their big fat suits and their big fat wives (laughs) were all in there. And we're this party was in a house on the Kenilworth Road and the Kenneworth Road was like the place to live in Coventry in those days. You, I mean, the houses were kind of, you know, half a million pounds even then. And so I guess they'd be sort of two, three million today, uh, but they were big houses, really nice houses. And uh, we we're in this, this one house, and this guy's sort of, you know, this kid's sort of showing us around, going, oh, yeah, and they've got a pool in the back there. Really? A fucking pool in their house? Wow. And, you know, you've never seen anything like that. So, um, anyway, we'd all been in this party. We'd all drank a lot of stuff that we wouldn't normally drink, because there was a an awful lot of martini on the go, which, <laughs> all right, fair enough. So, and very little beer. There was a, a lot of kind of posh drinks. There was whiskey and martinis and wine and stuff so anyway we all drank this stuff and we were all a little bit worse for wear and we'd all decided that we were going to go into town on the Saturday and uh, we, we just, occasionally we did this uh, we'd all got a few quid in our pockets because of a job that we'd done the week before or a job that we were involved in a week before so we said I'll tell you what can't do it this way. next week we will go into town go to c and and go and get some you know new gear and uh, going you know some of the posh shops like Burton's <laughs> posh shop. So, um, you know, we're going and get uh, you know, a few bits and pieces. And somebody was talking about you know, he had us, he needed a suit anyway. We've got a job interview and stuff. So, we said, okay, well, we'll, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll all, you know, we'll go in, we'll take a look and see what's about. So, anyway, went into town on this Saturday now because of the fact that we got pissed the night before uh some of us arrived in town about midday and then some of us didn't arrive till three (laughs) (laughs) o'clock because we'd only just got up and we parked uh in the the the, uh car park and multi-story and we got out and we walked down the road that uh wa smith was on and you know down the ramp there and to the right and you know anyway we we're in the into the center of coventry and it's um it's kind of i don't know it must have been getting on for maybe about four half four and we're just you know kind of waddling around we've been in a few shops i would got a couple of pairs of jeans and uh someone else had grabbed some trainers and we'd all got bags and shit on us so anyway we said uh right are we are we done now are we out now said yeah i just want to take a a walk up to the center though because you know some, some reason or other so we we started to walk through the middle of the uh center and then fuck me, there was this massive fucking bang. I mean, it, you couldn't. I mean, we'd heard bangs before, you know. I mean, you know, you know cars backfiring. I'd seen uh, cars blow up before. Um, I, I'd seen some hellish explosions in one guise or another, but I never quite heard anything like this before. And what it was was, there was like, you felt it before you heard it, if you know what I mean. There was almost a shockwave. And the shockwave was kind of just, it almost moved the ground, the shockwave. And then it was a bang. And then glass. Just glass. All you could hear was glass. And it just seemed to be raining glass. And we all, like, were, what the fuck? And none of us could hear anything for a second. And I guess we were all kind of a little bit in shock. And we were all kind of a little bit fucking hell you know and then like everybody else we all ran down to where this thing had occurred and sure enough a shop uh this shop that sold all the fancy furs and shit had no front left on it had no top left on it had no sides left on it the whole fucking shop had just disintegrated if you like and we were all kind of jesus christ you know that's just it's Surreal. That that just isn't you know you can't register in your head that there's been an explosion in the middle of the city centre. The all of a sudden as well, it looked like a war zone, which is really weird. And I think it's a combination of you know uh bins on the street have been blown over, benches had been disintegrated, there were bits of wood everywhere, there was bits of everything all over the place. I mean, it it looked like. It looked like a bomb site because it was a bomb site, but it's it's very difficult to describe That street we'd walked down it maybe an hour before and it was Clean it was tidy. There was not any litter around there were and all of a sudden there's just debris and mess and shit everywhere and we were just absolutely gobsmacked well Police arrived in their droves, didn't they? I mean, most of them on foot uh, initially, because in those days, coppers did actually like to turn around, turn up to places on foot. And uh, I mean, you know, and there were a lot of coppers in the city centre. There always were on a Saturday. So, anyway, uh, coppers everywhere. Stay back, stay back. Nothing to see here. There fucking was something to see there, but there were, you know, nothing to see here. Step back, step back. Um, there was what looked to be uh, a fair amount of blood and there were quite a few people injured and we couldn't you know we couldn't see any uh, any fatals there wasn't any sort of arms and legs and stuff but there were certainly a lot of people injured there was a lot of people bleeding so anyway we uh, we just said you know fucking hell. all right let's get out of here before they completely ring off the city center and we can't get home so you know bang off we went to the cars and uh, we got in the cars, we all went. Now, Saturday night would be our night for going down to one of the clubs, uh, Busters usually, if not Busters, <laughs> there's a lot of people out there now going, oh fuck, I remember Busters. Busters was uh, the common man's club. There was a lot of us in Busters. And then later on in the night, we'd zip off to Park Lane. So anyway, we we kind of uh, geared ourselves up for go- to go to Busters that night. And uh, Park Lane was right in the middle of town. And we were not far from where this explosion happened. So we were wondering whether or not we were going to get anywhere near Park Lane. Because, you know, the, there'd be forensics guys all over it for days. There'd be a problem. There'd be a problem, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we said, well, I'll skip it. I ain't going to bother going into this town. Fuck the clubs. Let's, let's just go and have a beer. So we arranged to all get together, uh, eight o'clock, at a particular hostelry that we frequented often. And... uh you know we all went in there and had a beer anyway rumor mill kicks off doesn't it in the pub and everybody's talking about you know oh were there any fatalities i don't know there must have been because there was people outside that were injured therefore anyone that was inside must have been fucking completely disintegrated well someone else then said to us well i don't think so because that shop shut up four. so really did yeah i remember uh because my mum he, he happened to be in town with his mum one day and his mum said you know how it is to be rich uh you don't even need to keep your shop open till till bloody six o'clock you can close it at four and so the bomb had gone off after four so the shop was shut it was empty and it was just literally um people passing by that got hit so it was great that there were no fatalities and that but anyway and then there were a lot of uh other rumors started that uh It was um, somebody had targeted, you know, such and such his wife. And then we all went, fucking hell. It'd be a brave man to target that man's wife, whoever you are, because you're likely to end up in a warehouse having your fingernails removed one by one. And, uh, you know, whilst a lot of people watched and laughed. So anyway, we all just sat around, didn't say an awful lot. And then uh, a couple of the faces came in and came over to not our table first actually they went over to another table first and they said something to these guys and these guys all got up and left and we thought fucking hell what's going on here and then they come over to our table and they said right okay i want you to go here take you take your guys with you go here and uh await further instruction and we were like fucking hell okay now we knew that this guy was he was for want of a better word he was uh a captain's captain if you like he was in with the in crowd without a doubt he was very well connected with these guys and uh if he asked you to do something you didn't want to refuse all right it's as simple as that and we didn't we took our beers sank them down our necks went outside got in the cars and we all shot off to what was actually an abandoned factory, but uh, it was a place that was a regular haunt for um, people that wanted to stitch cars up and stuff like that. So police did tend to leave it alone. So we all went over there, and um, there was a lot of cars in the car park. Never seen it like that before for an abandoned fucking factory. And uh, there was a lot of people inside. I'm guessing there must have been 100 people in this factory. But anyway, we all got in there, and it, it became like one of these union mass meetings. A guy got up on a platform and he said to us, okay, such and such has been targeted by uh, somebody who has decided to start a fucking war. Guys, we want you to go out, talk to people, talk to people's people and find out absolutely anything that you can. And the first person to come back, With the name of the fucker that ordered the planting of this bomb, not that bomb, not that did it, the name of the person who ordered it, there would be £10,000 reward. And we all just looked at each other and went, fucking wow. But the thing is, I wasn't that well connected. I didn't know people from other districts I didn't know you know I I didn't know people from Manchester or people from Liverpool or people from Nottingham or you know I knew some of the Birmingham guys but I mean no the Birmingham guys would have been stupid enough to do this and even so I mean why why would they do it anyway it um, it kind of the whole rumour bill over the next two weeks just went wildfire I didn't find out anything I knew I was never going to come near that 10 grand because I just didn't know enough people. But I did know people who knew people. And everyone had put the word out, and everyone was like, you know, gearing up for, and a couple of names were suggested. Now, as far as I know, questions were asked, those people were spoken to, and not in a nice way. And a lot of ripples went through a lot of the underworld in this country because of what had happened. This is what I'd heard. I wasn't involved, but this is what I'd heard. So, I'm keeping myself pretty much to myself at this point. And then we're we're in the pub one night and another face comes in that we know. And he's in a fucking hurry. And all he said was, you, 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 with me. And I thought, fuck me. And we went out. We got in his car and he shot off with his wheels spinning. Absolutely tanking it towards the motorway. And we couldn't, we're like, what the fuck is going on? He said, we've got a name, we've got a name, we need to know you know, whether or not this guy's involved. So we've got a name, we've got a place, and we know that he's gonna be there for the next hour, maybe two. So we've got to do it now. Right, okay, and what are we gonna do to this guy when we uh, catch up with him? Uh, we're gonna take him for a drive. Okay, okay, we can do that. And what if he's got a load of guys with him? Uh, that's your job. Okay. I'm now out of my depth. I'm a fucking car taker for Christ's sake. I'm not <laughs> I'm not um I'm not a player as far as the violent aspect of it all goes. Don't get me wrong, if it was necessary I could probably handle myself. But I am not the first guy that you would call if you needed muscle. In fact, I'd probably be way down the fucking list. Anyway, wrong place, wrong time. We're on our way. We drove for about three quarters of an hour. We were in this particular street, nice street, nice houses. And uh, basically what happened was the car pulls up. The guy who was the player I didn't I didn't use these guys names. I really fucking I dared not I really didn't. The guy that was the player got out, went to the front door. Door answered and we were kind of closely behind him. Door was answered and the guy who was stood at the door answering the door took it straight in the face from the player. Absolutely straight in the face. Knocked him clean on his ass and all of us went in. We went into the front room, and there are three guys in there, all drinking whiskey, all got up going, what the fuck's going on, what the fuck's going on? And Player uh, basically dropkicked one of these guys through the front window of the house. He just literally, I mean, he dropkicked him. The guy went backwards and just went straight through a bay window and fell out. And we I didn't know who the fuck we were supposed to be getting. So... I mean, there's two guys left. One of them's, there were obviously four guys. One of them is nursing a nose that is no longer where it should have been on his face at the front door. One of them has just gone through a plate glass window. There's two left. So I looked at the player and said, which one? And he went, that one. And the guy just went, all right, all right, all right, all right. No problem, no problem. and he held his hands semi up in the air. So we grabbed him, went to take him outside. The one guy that was left, player, gave him a smack. If, if he hadn't broke that guy's jaw, I would have been absolutely amazed. The guy was kind of, he was sort of hunching down a little bit with his hands sort of almost at his head player smacked him in the jaw from the side with a fucking great punch and i swear i heard this guy's jaw crack swear i did but anyway we're we're outside neighbors fucking everywhere people out the windows and we lobbed this guy in a car got in the car ourselves headed headed off at speed well we went to um we went to a river and uh we parked up and it, it was a a very common place it was just off a road i won't tell you where it is but it was just off a road it was still in northampton and it was kind of it was like an area where fishermen would park up and then you know go and fish this river and we took him down there and uh he was he was quite brave really considering Uh, what could have happened, I think he was relatively brave. He's a lot braver than I would have been in that situation, put it that way. So we got him down by the river, we got him on his knees and player pulls out a fucking gun and we just thought, great, brilliant, they must, the neighbours must have fucking reported this, they've got your number plate, we should have ditched the car and gone for a second and no we've come here in the same fucking car and now you've pulled out a pistola brilliant just what we need we all tried to look tough act tough all kind of giving each other the eye thinking please not fucking doing this no way and player said to him i'm going to ask you one question who was it that bombed the first shot and this guy turned around and he went You guys can do whatever you fucking like to me because I absolutely don't know. Anyway, we sat there talking to this guy for a while. He sounded very, very convincing. And what we decided to do was leave him. Player felt that it would be the right thing to do to give him a warning. But this guy who was by this point, turning white, very, very quite rightly stated that if anything happened to him over something that wasn't his fault, over something he knew nothing about, then they would start a fucking war. And that war would go on for a very, very long time. Whereas he understands what's going down. He understands everybody's being spoken to. And if it ends now, it ends now. Player was left with a very, very difficult decision. And he kind of looked around and we kind of went. "He's telling the truth. And we left him. We left him by the river. We got in the car and we started to leave. We could hear sirens, right? We could hear them. And we knew that, you know, pretty much a lot of Northampton would have been locked down looking for us. I mean, we've just kidnapped this fucking guy out of his house, for Christ's sake. We've also damaged the three people, the three other people that were in the house, quite badly. And I don't, you know, it doesn't matter, really. The cops know some people have been injured, somebody's been kidnapped. Do you think if they'd have found us, they'd have asked any questions? No way. They'd have beat the crap out of us first and asked questions later because that's the way it used to work. And that's exactly what would happen. So anyway, we talked about that experience to a few of our uh, close friends, and what we all decided was that it would be far better because this is going stupid. I mean, it is just going absolutely stupid. I mean, calling in people like me, for fuck's sake, what what the fuck was that about? Who am I to be called into a bloody uh, job like that? No way, if they needed a car taken, Jesus, if they needed a repo, yeah, but calling me in for a meat job, no way, no way. It was definitely getting out of hand and it was not organized. None of it was organized and that's the scariest thing of all. If you are gonna take somebody down like that, if you're gonna do a job at all, there needs to be some thought process before you just go off half-cocked, going to try and take somebody out, whatever, whatever. It's just mad, so anyway, we decided like the best thing for us to do i think is to uh kind of lay low a little bit and just sit it out so anyway for the next couple of weeks we did exactly that we did lay low and we did stay out of it i mean we heard rumors rumors were coming left right and center but more often than not we'd be at one of uh, each other's houses rather than uh, rather than um out and about out and about socially uh just in case we got caught up in any more of this so um but we heard rumours. There were a lot of people taking off the streets. There were, I mean, Christ, the guy from Nottingham got a right hammering, um, and he was he was a main man in Nottingham, and they sh- <laughs> that if really they wanted to cause a fucking problem, it was start a problem with him, and that one, in fact, I was involved in a little bit later on, a few months later on. But that is a whole different story. But this particular set of circumstances. It was, you know, police getting nowhere. Nobody knew what was going on. Everybody knows this guy's wife, you know, they'd, they'd tried to blow her up. And obviously the bomb had gone off at the wrong time. And, you know, and you know, we heard she was in the shop that day. She was with her friend that day. It's where she hung out on a Saturday, Saturday afternoon anyway. So, you know, and then the two of them would go off and, you know, do other things. Anyway, it was... Um, it was quite a nasty time to be in and around Coventry, that's for sure. There were a lot of people, there were a lot of strange faces about, you know. You used to see, I mean, just out and about driving, you'd see four blokes in a car just driving around. And you'd think, I ain't seen their faces before. That's, that's new to me. And I pretty much knew most of the faces in Coventry. So, what the fuck was that about? It was, in fact, as I later found out, other people, other areas sending people out to go and wreck you the situation you know uh there were some guys from down south that had uh, taken a a bit of a hammering and they'd sent some boys in just to see what was going on see if they could uh maybe um take somebody off the street and do a tip for tat and teach them a lesson and you know i didn't want to be one of these guys and so like everybody that i was hanging around with None of us wanted to be one of these guys. So let the guys that that do the fighting do the fighting. Let the guys that take the cars take the cars, you know. Um, (laughs) We may have been on the wrong side of the law, but we weren't fucking stupid. And we knew that when you start getting involved in heavy shit like that, somebody pretty soon is going to get killed. And I didn't want that to be me. Not over something that I had no control over no idea about no understanding of so there was no way that i wanted to be involved in that i just just didn't so two two months go by and things have died down we're back in the shop back in the town centers the shop has been all boarded up and uh we're reading it in the papers all the fur from the shop have been destroyed because the glass fragments had uh, basically embedded themselves in the fur, there was no way this fur could be sold, and uh, you know it was a massive, massive insurance policy payout. Uh, the woman that owned the place, she didn't want to open another shop. The shop was no longer going to be a fur shop. It was going to be for let and you know rented out. So it just, it just kind of, you know, it it ended as far as we knew. It ended, and it all died down, and the shit died down, the heat died down. There were still um, a lot of repercussions going on with, uh, you know, angry people that had been taken off the streets from various locations and uh, given a talking to, but, uh, you know, it's, it's par for the cause really on something like that. And it was fortunate really uh, for me that I wasn't known that well and that, you know, I could basically very easily just blend and uh, keep an eye to myself. So the cops didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. They didn't have an absolute clue who, who had done this, what, how, why, anything. They just didn't know. And, uh, you know, I, everyone was in the pub slagging them off, you know. And like, oh, it's typical of fucking police, you know. And the, the You know, they can't see the hand in front of the face and all, all the rest of it. Detectives, Christ. And, uh, you know, it's like, I mean, a a lot of people were saying at the time, the the going phrase was (laughs) police intelligence. That's a contradiction in terms. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) they had nothing. They had absolutely nothing. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, we hear on the grapevine that two people have been arrested. Press are all over it. Um, It's Coventry police who are involved in it, but it's the Met that have made the arrests. Now, the Metropolitan Police are the London force, and why are they in Coventry making arrests? Well, you know, there was a lot to be unraveled about it, but it turned out that it was the animal rights people. It was some sort of animal liberation group of some description that had planted this fucking bomb in the first shop giving it all the meat is murder business and uh had timed it so that it would go off later when everyone had gone but it had gone off too soon so it was nothing to do with this guy's wife it was nothing to do with you know who she knew or what she knew or anything to do with her at all it was about the fur it was about the fur in the shop and as we later discovered that hadn't been the only one there had been other bombings uh there'd been you know uh spot uh vandalism where people would run into fur shops in london and throw uh some quite severe red enamel paint all over fur <coughs> and ruin it basically and uh that's that's what had happened so we would basically gone around or a lot of people had gone around Picking up people from all over the place, giving them a rough and hard time, assuming that it had got something to do with this family, um, and assuming it had got something to do with this, that and the other, and it had nothing to do with them at all, nothing. So anyway, big sigh of relief, but we're all told, you know, now there will be some repercussions. There will be some repercussions now. And uh, you know, just watch your ass. So we did watch our asses, and we made sure that you know we we didn't walk around in sort of ones and twos. We walked around in fours and fives. Uh, if we went to the clubs, we'd stay that way. Nobody went home on their own. If we got in a taxi, we'd do it in numbers. And you know, we just kept um, kept ourselves safe. Really, I mean, it was just the thing to do. So. A couple of weeks after this and there is you know these people have been arrested they've been in front of the magistrate they've admitted they did it publicity everywhere and um, bollocksy bollocks, bollocks uh from their point of view so uh and we're we're kind of you know we're semi relieved really that this hasn't started a fucking war because to be perfectly honest I think I'd have moved out of Coventry if it had I don't think i'd I couldn't have got involved with that because that was all it was all um it was all gang related, it was all violence related, and that wasn't really my thing. So, you know, to to be involved in something like that, and that, then to get dragged into it once was bad enough. To, to be dragged into it more than once, that I'd have a problem with. Only, I didn't get an option. We were, again, sitting in a pub, and again, one of the faces came in, and gave us an address, and just said, that one's yours. And we said, well what what the fuck is this? He said, just bring him in. Bring him into where? Bring him into the factory. Right, okay. When? Now. Okie kokie. Um let's go. Out we went in the car. Off we went to a particular part of Coventry. We went to an address. We knocked on the door. <coughs> uh and we were looking for Chris and we asked if Chris was there and the woman that answered the door said yes I'm Chris Christine and so we said you need to come with us and she went what the fuck is this and we just said you need to come with us and uh, we didn't give her a lot of option. So we put her in the car, we all went down to the factory, we got out the car, extremely fucking annoyed at the fact that we'd been forced, practically, to go and abduct this woman from her own fucking house. Pissed off as we were at that. I mean a bloke's one thing but a woman, for Christ's sake. We took her to the factory, when She got out of the car. She was uh, immediately handcuffed and taken inside. A gag was put on her mouth. She was taken in and sat on a bunch of chairs uh, with six, seven other people. (coughs) All of these guys were animal rights activists, as we found out afterwards. And we turned around to... One of, the fre- one of the friendly faces, one of the guys we did know, and we said to him, look, we're not here for this. We just aren't fucking here for this. You know, you've got us mixed in the wrong, the wrong area of what you guys do. And he looked at us and went, well, I, to be honest, I was quite surprised that you guys were here doing any of this. We said, we weren't given a fucking choice. And he said, well, I'm giving you a choice. You're out. Go on, go home and we left. And he then had a word with a few other people so that we weren't called again. And he also made a uh, a policy, if you like, an unru- unwritten rule that people were not, people who were not faces that could be relied on in that way should never be used. And distinctions should be made between who was and could be used in what circumstances and that was the first time that had happened as it happens he was one step under the family so he was able to make that suggestion the family took up that suggestion and the rule went out and that really seriously pleased us i mean don't get me wrong we were called a lot of times after that can you go and take this guy's car and uh can you go and take this car and make sure it never sees the light of day again we were called cool for a lot of those but we were never forced to go back out and do any of that heavy stuff now i don't know what happened to these animal rights people i absolutely don't know i would um, imagine it wasn't pleasant whatever happened to them uh the, the woman that we taken i felt really quite guilty about that But I'd later been told she'd been released. Uh, She'd just been kicked out the door, actually, because she was just a mouthy bitch and she was all fucking mouth and no trousers. In other words, she talked a good game, but she hadn't been involved in anything. So she'd been kicked out. But a couple of the guys that were there, I mean, these guys that had been arrested, they hadn't done it on their own. It had been planned. There were a number of other people involved and they severely got theirs. The two guys that had planted the bomb, when they got into Winston Green, that was a prison that was also under the influence of various families, they found out that they bombed the wrong fucking shop, big time. One of them, so I hear, and so I read, had his eyes removed. Yeah, seriously. I uh, Don't know what happened to the other one, but the one that had his eyes removed um basically that was all over the papers so everybody knew and uh what had happened is he'd been held down and his eyes had been plucked out using a pen um so that's what's ha- that sort of thing happens when you mess with the wrong fucking people but there is a lesson here for all of us and it's one that I learned very very quickly following this series of events do not under any circumstances however tempting jump to the wrong fucking conclusions think stop listen then act and that way you might stay alive for another day you know what the weird thing is about what happened then when we grabbed her as we were Marching her out frog marching her out down her front path. I caught my leg on a nail and uh, I didn't pay it an awful lot of attention. It just fucking hurt and then you kind of ignore it and Then uh, at some point I thought I'd stepped in a puddle uh, <laughs> Because my leg was wet and Afterwards I had to get down and have four stitches put into a cut uh the and, and one of these horrible fucking injections you know one of these injections that you get from uh, these tetanus injections where they don't even stand near the bed when they give it to you they just fucking throw it like a dart <gasps> bastards um <laughs> i've still got the scar on my leg to this day and it always always reminds me always of how close we came i think in that set of circumstances to doing something which would have haunted us for the rest of our lives. You can't act and not think. You have to think before you act. This has been Ken. This has been the Ken Burton Show podcast story and this one's called The Bombing. I'll see you on the dark side guys. Take care. Welcome to the world of digital sound. Shutting down all systems.